What ho, dearest podcast land, and welcome to an extra special bonus episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. A doc past? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm so rusty at this. You're doing spiffingly. <laughs> I have the esteemed pleasure, the privilege of being joined today across the ether, across Zencaster, but also across uh, only about half a meter of uh, time and space by two wonderful co-hosts this week. I'll start with the person right next to me. Please give a warm round of applause at Podcast Land to Kat, who is here in person. Hello, Kat. Hello. <laughs> nice to be here. Well, I certainly hope so. It's very, <laughs> very nice to have you here. And across the ether, Podcast Land, you may have recognized the voice just a moment ago. Holy moly. It has been years, nay, aeons, since this wonderful chap has been on Who Back When. I'm talking, of course, of JD. Hello, JD! Hello, Pumpkin. How are you? <laughs> Very well, thank you. How are you? It's so lovely to see you again. And it's lovely to be back here in this, in this sound void once more, talking Doctor Who with you. Oh, well, yeah, likewise. I'm, I'm very sorry that we're not able to do this in person, but uh, hopefully very soon. Today, Podcast Land, we are going to be talking to you about Doctor Who Time Fracture, the live, immersive theatrical event that is uh, actually currently on hold, but uh, very soon back up and running in London. And before you think, oh no, I want to go there, I want to experience it myself, I don't want any spoilers, fret not, we're going to divide this episode into uh, a couple of parts, possibly even three, we'll see. But we're going to start off with non-spoiler stuff. Feel free to keep on listening. When we hit spoiler territory, we will let you know. And uh, I'll probably also future Leon a little bit about, hey, if you want to skip the spoilers, then just fast forward to this part of the episode. So don't worry, we're not going to ruin the experience for you. But if you have no intention of uh, going, goodness knows why that would be the case. Or if you don't live in London or think this will never come to a city near you, then obviously uh, sit back, relax, or operate heavy machinery while you listen to us. So, <laughs> time fracture. JD, go for it. Time Fracture is an immersive entertainment. That's what they call it. It's very similar to another event that was held uh, in London for Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. Oh. Which I went to pre-pandemic. And it was structured similarly to this, but different. And I think you'll understand why as we talk through this and you know, the listeners will understand why I say that. War of the Worlds was a very linear structure. Uh, mm -hmm. You went through Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds through a combination of interacting with actors, in, having virtual reality headsets put on, and you go down to the sounds of Forever Autumn, one of the best songs on the soundtrack, on a boat through the destroyed London with the Martian tripods shooting at you. This sounds badass and very different to Doctor Who Time Fracture. It is, right? But it's also very similar. You take part in the scenes which you are going through. Sure. The big difference, and this is what we'll probably talk about quite a bit during this, Time Fracture is not linear in any way, shape or form. And as we're talking, you'll probably hear me, who 
as anyone that listens to your podcast, or probably did in the early days, they might not know me now, but in the early days, I am a massive Doctor Who fan and have been since before I could talk. That is and... the understatement of the year, by the way. So, podcast there. Sorry, I'm cutting you off there, JD. I just want to clarify this. I am currently <laughs> in the presence of two people who are representative of opposite sides of the Doctor Who savvy spectrum. So, Kat, right next to me, You've never seen an episode of Doctor Who, am I right in saying that? Never a full episode, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to change that. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Don't we'll break see. Up with me. <laughs> uh, so, therefore, all of the references in Time Fracture will have been perhaps. I know what Daleks are and Weeping Angels. Oh, awesome, yes. <laughs> Whereas on the other end of the Doctor Who trivia uh, savviness spectrum, we have JD. You're not just a fan. You are a living, breathing Doctor Who encyclopedia. <laughs> yes, I have watched uh, every episode of Doctor Who at least five times. I have listened to about 70% of all the Big Finish audiobooks. Yikes, okay. Um, at, at least once. Um, a couple of them twice, because there isn't enough time to listen to those more than once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am the opposite end of the spectrum. I, I dearly love Doctor Who, and I always try and find the best in everything, even episodes I hate, like Orphan 55, which is abysmal, Love and Monsters, which is dreadful, and, well, you know, the zombie destruction you hate. Um, and I don't. Um, yeah. I think one of the really good reasons to get my impressions and Kat's impressions I went with my other half, who has seen episodes of Doctor Who only since I met him, I hasten to add. And uh, he, he suffered through the entire Peter Capaldi era because he hated him. Ooh. So, I, I, you know, I had to listen, listen to the grumbles after every episode. But we have... Brendan, what's the we matter went, with we, you? Capaldi is amazing. <laughs> uh, Leon and I both went with people who have less of that knowledge of Doctor Who. Yeah. And the people who will be going to this are likely to be exactly the same as us. They're likely to have one person who is a mad Doctor Who fan. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And their Long-suffering partner, partners. Son, <laughs> father, carer, you know... <laughs> Someone who doesn't. Know I'm assuming, Dr. by the way, that you guys also were lumped, at least at the start of Time Fracture, you were lumped into a group with more people. Unless you went with other friends as well, but you you would have been lumped into a group with people you didn't know. Uh, and I mean, we certainly Correct. were. Yeah. And and this is why I'm bringing up this dynamic of there tended to be in the groups a Doctor Who fan and a non Doctor Who fan. Holy moly! Um, yeah. I, I I think we in our group. Do you remember there was a dude in a suit in our group, Cat? Who was like he, he wasn't he he was barely participating, but then somehow, like an hour and a half later, he had scored the phone number of another person who was in our group. Yeah, I don't know if he was using it as a kind of uh, pickup um, <laughs> place, but it worked. Yeah, well done, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a couple of Doctor ladies Who, hang on each arm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Doctor Who bringing people together since November 1963. That's right. <laughs> so I think that's a great place to start, actually, is the beginning. Sure, yeah, go for it. So <laughs> okay. you walk into this warehouse down a back alleyway. Yeah. In the centre of London. It's super close to Bond Street. It's, yep. uh, if you Google map this, it's it's listed as Unit HQ. It will blow your mind. Your mind. Like, Which I, is cool. Or... You go into this warehouse and you walk in. And as Leon said, we will be spending a lot of time talking around things that we'll probably come to in the spoiler section. Yeah, yeah. But you walk in, all of the attendants, the staff that are working there 
are wearing unit costume, which is cool. Yeah. You probably, I don't know how long you spent in that sort of holding pen. We were about 10, 15 minutes. We were the first one of the day, so I think they were getting ready. Um, we spent less time because Leon had to take yeah, a coach from about. Oxford to London, which was delayed by about two hours <laughs> uh, due to both flooding and a, a Euro Cup the match football, whatever it was, taking yeah. place in Wembley, which he had to pass on the coach. So I was standing there knowing nothing about Doctor Who thinking please god leon get here soon otherwise i'm going in this thing on my own and i won't have a clue <laughs> so we were some of the last to go in on our time slot so we kind of were in the holding pen for not that long and were then we went through with that unit soldier yeah she who was lovely she seemed very nice very helpful staff in the meantime by the way <laughs> jd to clarify i'm sitting on the coach that goes from oxford to london we're crawling at like two meters a minute we have to pass through a tunnel the tunnel is flooded so like everyone in the world is going to a football match I don't give a shit about football and there's a massive detour I'm trying to convince the coach driver to let me off so that I can run across rows of cars and catch a taxi or a tube or something it it was incredibly dramatic Mm. and it's only thanks to you by the way Kat that that, uh, I made it because otherwise we were basically ready to I was basically ready to give up Mm. but I'm glad we did that sounds like an absolutely terrible journey Uh, but you Mm. arrived in the end yeah and you you probably ran in Yeah, yes. the there was the unit soldier. And she was like, oh, you made it from Oxford. It's like, oh my God, a unit soldier knows where I live. <laughs> it's pretty because amazing. Because I had been lamenting. <laughs> oh, what we, should we say um, in these unusual yeah, yeah. times? It. it was fair. I mean, we were asked to wear masks. I don't know what it'll yes. be like oh, now. This but, is, oh, thank you for bringing this up. Well, we, oh, we checked in. We had to sanitize hands, wear masks throughout. So it felt yeah. they were trying to be as COVID secure as possible. That's such a good point. People yeah, thank that you for saying that. Nervous I of that. Completely blanked on that. They have they bars inside. They did a really good job it. at that. Yeah, mm. really. Given how many people are kind of ferried through this experience, at no point did I feel unsafe. Mm. In terms, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely, it felt very secure, and it was well done from that perspective. Mm. Yeah. So. You, you go into this holding pen, and actually, the, the, uh, as I was saying to Liam before we started recording, there are three types of things that I really want to bring out when we're talking about this. And one of them is the attention to detail in sets. Oh, yes. And we'll probably talk about the sets. But even the holding pen that you're at at the start, it's got graffiti all over the walls. And I literally spend five minutes irritating my husband by pointing out, well, that says bad wolf. Uh, that rose. Oh, oh a, I didn't even notice you know, those things. Mm. Yeah, because we, we, we spent... Through, I went through all the graffiti. We just spent a couple of minutes in there. At high level, let's maybe like relay the the actual plot of this. And this is, by the way, there is a trailer for Time Fracture Podcast Land. Go and check out the trailer if you haven't already. Uh, I'll embed it on the website. You can check it out there. But this is effectively what it says. Like The Doctor has eff- effectively volunteered you to help units solve a problem revolving around a fracture in space and time. Things might be coming through this fracture, or it might consume all of existence uh, in and of itself. The Doctor, for some reason, is not there, but we'll get to that in the spoiler section. And uh, you and a whole bunch of other civilians you've never seen in the BBC Doctor Who universe are there to save the day. And holy moly, 
from right off the bat, I'm already loving this. I, I know that you're going to have opinions about the plot, JD. Like, I'm loving this. JD, how do you <laughs> feel about that? The responsibility that rests on your shoulders. I will have some criticisms. The plot okay. is not one of the plot is not one of them, right? Okay. The plot the plot is well thought out. The the way that the plot is framed, the way that it takes you through the various scenes which unfold in front of you, which again probably isn't a spoiler because that's on the video. Mm. Um it its overarching narrative makes sense. And the way it culminates into the end scene, which is definitely in the spoiler section, not here. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we're gonna get into the spoiler section uh, in about ten minutes. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> um which is um is very good. But I would I would say that that structure gives it both a really good overarching plot, and is the cause of so many problems. Oh, so, I want to hear about these problems, JD. <laughs> I will. I will bring you the problems. Okay. And the problems are without caused, spoiling it. Yes. Okay. Without spoiling it, the problem is that you go through these time fractures uh-huh. into a variety of other world times places. Okay. That's not spoiling anything because that's in the in the book. In the trailer, yeah. And the problem is that there are far more world fractures events than you will see in in one go around. I don't and think that's a problem. I think that is a deliberate choice on their. It's part. a marketing tactic, right? Yeah, it is. It is a marketing tactic, but. I think when we get to the spoilers, because you've mentioned one already, and I'll mention one later, because um, the event that you saw, I didn't see at all. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Interesting. Oh, no, I, saw, oh. I, saw that, I saw that one. I saw that oh, you saw one. That I one. thought you mentioned another one, but... Oh, um, interesting. Okay, okay I think I know the, Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. Holy moly, but, I can't wait to unpack this with you, dude. But overall, <laughs> the sets... That you go through, and you know, Leon will definitely add a lot of these sort of uh, screenshots which come from the internet and the trailer, which yeah. are very public domain. They don't spoil much. The attention detail in the set oh, it's is incredible. Phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, yes, even not being a uh, big fan, there were various things I recognised that I was like, oh, I'm sure that's a doc-. you know, I'm sure that's something that right. has been on there. That's really cool and whatever. And the other thing I will say is I've been to one other interactive theatre experience oh, yes. before. Not Nothing to do with sort of sci-fi, just I can't even remember the exact premise. And uh, absolutely you could walk around and get involved in kind of different, oh, I don't know, things, but you didn't feel so included and involved. The one thing I would say about the people working at Time Fracture is the minute you go in there, the actors are trying to involve you, trying to kind of draw you into the story. You don't have to go looking for like what's interesting. They will come to you and take you to the things that are interesting. So the level of interaction of the actors was fantastic because you felt really involved throughout. There was never a minute where I was thinking, oh, uh, what do we do? Or why is everyone else doing something that looks really fun and we're just sitting here? Like you were constantly getting involved in the in the action, which was cool. Right. And also like the level of detail that, that JD mentioned before in the sets and the production value in general, even if you don't know what they refer to specifically in the in the universe, am I right in saying like they're so incredibly well crafted that they're still believable? Like did you feel that you were on a in a different world? I don't want to spoil anything just yet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right? Of course, yeah. Incredible. Hats off. I'm not wearing a hat. Imagine I'm wearing a hat, hats off. All right. And I have to I have to wholeheartedly agree with that. 
And this is where, ultimately, even above the plot, is the best thing about Time Fracture, is the actors. So yeah. um, I I have experience of an awful lot of live, uh, live action role-playing. I also have experiences of theatre and improv. So I'm going in knowing the sort of the style that they are likely to do. And they blew me away with my expectation. Um, I came home, actually, and I was, uh, I put a picture of myself in, in front of, um, you know, a prop TARDIS. I see always doing these things yeah. uh, for you to take your picture with. And uh, one of my friends was saying that, yeah, I, I know that. Um, one of my friends works there. He's one of the <gasps> actors. Oh, so can you say which actor without spoiling? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, maybe it's maybe it's. Oh my god! Are oh, you thinking what I'm yeah, thinking? Yeah. Oh god! I'm so excited! Oh. <laughs> so okay. I, the thing is, I obviously get involved in in nearly everything. So uh, I, I was I was talking to all the actors as as we were going along. Um, and there was a few bits where I was chosen to go and do something on my okay. own, or with, with Brendan dragged along beside me. Did um, Brendan have a good time? To, uh, yes, he did. Oh, right. fantastic! Good. Um, I will come to two particular bits where he really did, and one bit where he nearly chopped my head off um, <laughs> in the spoiler section because they okay. are covered by spoilers. But okay. the actors were amazing. The actors were fully committed. They were in character the entire time. There was no flagging, no of enthusiasm, no anything. Mm. You know, we had um, someone uh, dressed up as the fifth Doctor. We met someone dressed up as the tenth Doctor. You know, there were uh, pig men. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a spoiler. Is that in the trailer? The, uh, yeah, and so is this. Okay, um, yep. which, which is the Kablam Man. Yep. I, I, sorry, you say so is this, but just to clarify, Podcast Land. And the Kablam we, Man. <laughs> uh, JD has, uh, during lockdown... <laughs> hooked himself up with the most amazing multimedia setup. He is in front of a green screen and he's projecting images of what he is saying on this podcast for our viewing pleasure, not for yours. Sorry, podcast land. I was made for video. (laughs) The event is scheduled really into two halves. You have a plot heavy half, you have an intermission, then you have a plot heavy half. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Again, the intermission is still plot related, so I won't go into any. Detail I would say about it's not that. even halves. Uh, oh, sorry uh, to cut you off there. It, this might differ, by the way. Maybe it was different for you than it was for us. But for us, it wasn't fifty-fifty. It was like eighty-five, ninety intermission and the rest. Oh, we had fifty-fifty. Oh, interesting. Ooh. That is not what we expected. Can I ask a question, JD? What time of day did you go? I was the first one in the day, so I was 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock. That's interesting, because we went on the like Friday night, 7 o'clock-ish showing, or 6.30. Yeah. I think we were the penultimate people through. I do just wonder, oh, maybe don't, I don't know. I don't know whether that affects things, whether, you know, yeah, it, it's really interesting. I think everyone that w- goes will have a very different experience. Yeah, I mean, we were speculating during said intermission, we were speculating because we looked around and there, w- I think there was one kid in there, maybe there were two mm-hmm. kids something like that and we were speaking like well some of these things aren't necessarily child friendly so is it that we are in the adult version of this is like do they do they chop up the plot and like maybe omit certain subplots when there are kids and they're like what do you do if you have a i don't know like a school class or something you ferry through this i can see that happening i mean not necessarily um, school sending anyone to a doctor who thing but you know what i mean like a, a bunch of kids a bunch of young teenagers I, uh... Or families with kids. Yeah, we we were there with um. I, I, there was there was a few children, and there was one in the group I was in who 
was Drepster's Matt Smith had nice. um, Matt Smith's Sonic Screwdriver. Do you know what? Right. Because he and I got pushed to the front at all times because in the group we were in, we were, we were actually the two biggest Doctor Who fans. Um, <laughs> and we interacted with one of the spoilers and <laughs> the, the kid was generally scared of spoiler. Um, so I, I know exactly which one. Spoiler. I think um, it's the one that you interacted with as well. So, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, the, honestly, you need to move. If you don't want spoilers, don't move okay. to the it, it, section, but that's going to be fun. Um, but the intermission, right? Yeah. In the intermission, you are in a bar and you have entertainment there. And, and I don't know what your entertainment plot. was, right? Oh, and there was plot in there, but the entertainment was singers and they were phenomenal. Yeah. They were not um, just singers. They were, oh, I feel like we need to ding, ding, ding the spoiler bell very soon, but they were also actors and part of the plot. Yes, we had the same as you. Yeah, I yeah. Think. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll ding 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 the spoiler bell and talk a lot more about that intermission in the spoiler okay. section. Dude, you have two minutes before we ding this bell because I cannot wait. I need to hear proper spoiler I will, information. I will therefore wrap the non-spoiler section up. We'll, we'll talk about sets get, in the spoiler section as well. Yeah, if I was to talk about time fracture and give a recommendation, I would say time fracture for me. As a piece of entertainment in London, gets a eight and a half out of ten. Nice. As a piece of Doctor Who in London, it's a nine out of ten. Oh! I would recommend Doctor Who fans to go, but I would caution Doctor Who fans with only one sentence. Be careful of your expectations. You will not see everything. You will see some. You will not see others. You will still have a two-hour or etc. event, but don't think you're going to see everything you've seen in the trailer. But go. Definitely, definitely go. Holy moly. Mm. Would you recommend it, Kat? Yeah, and no, I think what JD's referring to, just for people that haven't done interactive theatre experiences, you know, you go in, you're met by an actor who'll take you to do something or show you something or ask you to get involved in something. Meanwhile, the other, you know, five people you maybe walked in with who you don't know, they're getting taken off by someone else to see something, do something, get involved in something. And it goes on and on. So you can see people doing cool stuff just as you're doing your own cool stuff. But as JD says, you don't then get to try the cool stuff they're doing because you're too busy engrossed in your cool stuff. So I think that's a good warning is, or, you know, just Make a caveat. Heads up that you yeah. do this more so than once. <laughs> you get, yeah, so you get to do loads of cool stuff, but you also see other people doing cool stuff and, and you're like, oh, I'd quite like to go off with that character and see where that takes me. But you can't because you're kind of busy and then you're getting led elsewhere. So I think that's a good point that you have to just appreciate that you're going on one journey. And this is why it'll be cool to speak about it because what we did will be what different to what JD and Brendan did and what another group of people did etc and it, I was saying this to Leon afterwards like we could definitely go back and we would have a totally different experience in terms of the activities and, and stuff that we got taken to do so yeah but yeah I would recommend for sure yeah oh oh my god I would also recommend this I, there's there's zero hesitation please if you are in in the London in the greater London area or if you are in the vicinity of any kind of transport that will take you there there is no reason, if you're listening to this podcast as well, like you clearly enjoy Doctor Who, there's no reason you shouldn't go there. You will not regret it. It's fantastic. Acting, par excellence, sets, fantastic. Story, yada, yada, yada. It's all great. I'm not going to give it a numerical value, but I absolutely recommend this. I myself am very tempted to go again. 
it would be fun, I think. Here's a here's the thing. It would be fun if anyone listening has the possibility to go with more than just one person. Like five of you go, or I, were there five of us in a group? I can't remember. Five or six or something like. Mm. If there are five of you, then you're not at least for part of this. You're not lumped in together with strangers, and that might be like that might be a benefit because we were in there with total strangers at the start, and at least two out of three of them were super quiet. Mm. And it might be better that way. You know, just a suggestion. But yes, holy moly, wholeheartedly agree. Let's get into spoilers. Bing bong, future Leon here again. Just to clarify, henceforth, we are discussing spoilers. We're going to be going through, not quite plot point by plot point, but almost plot point by plot point, what we experienced in there. So if you have any intention of experiencing this for yourselves, do not listen to this next segment. However... There is another segment coming up afterwards, so do if you feel like it, skip ahead to one hour and 20 minutes, which marks the start of the third and last bonus segment of this bonus episode, in which we discuss the rumoured 14th Doctor actors and get into a bit of an argument about Catherine Tate. JD calls me one of the one of my favorite things he's ever called me at the end of that segment. So for that reason alone, you absolutely should skip ahead. Anyway, okay. Uh, right. Spoiler alert. Back to the show. Bing bong. If we run through how we, we went through the plot. Um, yes. Because you said it from the start. You know, the first bit, you are being brought here to as agents of the Doctor to solve these time fractures. You go in, you're met by unit personnel, they bring you into a massive control room, and this is where the first thing went wrong. Oh, really? I mean, oh, you mean like where... Oh, really? In, in my opinion, right? What was that? What, what were you asked to do? Well, we were talking to people, and one group grabbed you and lined us up, and we had to stare at each other like the other person was a weeping angel, so don't blink. We didn't uh, have to do that. Uh, we had to tr- try and solve an anagram on a board. But this is where my first problem was, and this is coming from, you know, very staged, organized events, is that it was really possible to mill around there, not interact with anyone, and wonder what the fuck you're meant to be doing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the would you? I, what are the, the odds that anyone does that? Quite significant if you're the first group in. Oh, okay. you get brought in, and this is where I think my situation and yours will slightly differ. We were the first group into that room. So we were waiting for the next tranche of people that were in the holding pen of graffiti oh, to that's also interesting. come in. So it actually took a long time. We were probably in that room for about 40 minutes. Oh, I don't know how long we were in there. What do you think? Mm, half an hour, I think. Yeah. I, I will say that that was the one place where, uh, the control room, where it felt quite frenetic and chaotic for, for yes. us. Yeah. It, so we were like, we've got to do this, but then hang on. No, we're... Yeah, it was all feeling quite, it was fun, but it was all a bit like, ah, where are we supposed to be going? What are we supposed to be doing? So, yeah. Yeah, it also seemed, I mean, frenetic for two reasons. One being that maybe it was a little disorganized, but the second being that in contrast to JD and Brendan, there were, we were not the first group. There were like four other groups in there with us. And part of the chaos was that everyone was talking at the same time and doing something at the same time. So like, I hesitate to say this, JD, but I think maybe we had a better time of that than you did because we didn't step into a quiet agree. room. But, uh, but there was another to, thing I, I disliked about agree. that. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Go on. No, no, I, I would tend to disagree. I would tend to agree with you on that bit. But 
I, because I got asked twice by Brendan, what are we meant to be doing? Mm. And you shouldn't have to ask that. No. Because I, eventually I was also asking that and I come from this background, right? I come from a background of running this style of thing, not to this extent by any huge range, but of running events where you have people who don't know what they're doing having to take part. And it felt to me disorganized and I could see the cracks in the organization of how it could have been made better. And that was where I was going. But Brenda, you know, did ask me a couple of times, what are we meant to be doing? And that shouldn't be a question anyone asks. Yeah, so maybe another tip for podcast land, don't go in as number one of the day. <laughs> we didn't have that problem because we were with someone who was kind of telling us what to do. But because the... um. Oh gosh, what were they called? Like, they're not earthquakes, but they were like, they were uh, like time, time tremors. I'm time, not sure. time quakes. Time, time quakes. quakes. Oh, well done. Because they were going on. We just started to get into something. We we were tasked. It sounds like you had an anagram. We were tasked with um, kind of making up news stories for um, various kind of invasions of, <laughs> of Doctor Who-esque yeah. things. So, you know, Daleks are invading the Great Wall of China. How are we going to kind of sell that to the public without making oh, out God. like... That kind of thing, but but as our guy, our, our fantastic uh, guide was was, was trying to tell us what to do. Then the time quakes were going on, and then he was like dragging us somewhere else. And because we had people in our group that needed warming up, let's say yeah. they weren't so <laughs> enthusiastic. So, so Leon polite. and I were desperately trying to like do what we were asked, but nobody else was. And then and then we had to do. So it like all one just of them felt didn't a bit even really chaotic. Get the point of it? No, not everyone there was a Hoovian, yeah. I don't think. Or, yeah, that's right. Or like even fan, really yeah. get the idea of the the mission, uh, like the, yeah. the yeah, task but, at hand. Yeah, but. You know, you had a non-Hoovian who obviously was getting involved. So did oh, I, right? Yeah. We're, we're talking about... Uh, yeah, but dude, know, bear in mind, we had a dude in our group who was just there to pick up women. <laughs> yeah. <Sorry. laughs> and, and do you know what? I think you have found something here. And, you know, I think Podcast Land will agree with me that this might be the first time ever the Doctor Who has been used to p- pick up women, ever. Yes, I agree. In the history of Doctor Who. <laughs> Are you telling me you're not with me because of this podcast? No? Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and quite a good place because you, you're forced to interact with people. Yeah. You've got something to focus on, so it's not like going to a bar and having to walk up to someone and chat to them. You've got like a, a yeah. shared mission. There is um, a bar in there. There is a bar in there. Yeah. There's a couple of bars in there actually. Right, we'll yeah. come with to that. Lo- lovely, lovely cocktails, by the way. Yes, absolutely. agreed. Yeah, and if only we had. Um, what we should have done is picked up either a menu or. A, I mean, the cocktails were all themed, weren't yeah, they? they were around like spacey wacy, yeah, stuff. But yeah, no, I agree. That first room to me was a bit it, that wasn't the best part of it, and I was also a bit confused because they they seemed to be talking about sending some people down through the time fractures. I didn't realise we were all going to go. So at one stage, I thought it was just they just picked a couple of people, and I was like, "Oh, I feel so disappointed if Leon doesn't get to go." <laughs> Are we just going to be stuck in this room yeah. for two hours? Anyway, we uh, all did get to go. No, and and you know what? I had that moment as well, right? And you know, again, I knew in my heart of heart that if they did that, there'd probably be death. Right. Yeah. Um, be a revolution. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, you know. Bear in mind that I am more than happy to depose units and take over on it properly. But <laughs> um, so you're in this first room for however long, and then the time fractures get worse and worse and worse. 
uh, you get the first of our Doctor Who cameos uh, in the entire thing. Yeah, um, there's a and call from uh, the 13th. You get, a, you get no, True. you get oh. a call from. Oh wait, yeah, but that's that's is in that the graffiti room. That's no, that's before you no. even ah no. This is actually uh. this. We have this in the console in the um. The control room. Control. Oh, that's interesting. We had... Oh, my God. Yeah, this is different. This is already different. We had this lady in, when we were in the holding pen. Yeah. So for those who can't see my green screen, we are talking about Kate Lethbridge-Stewart, played by Jennifer Redgrave. Redgrave. Kegels. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about, but... Um, <laughs> Her dad is baby. I should go. I should go and listen to Power of Three, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but we had we had a message from Kate Lethbridge-Stewart. Now we had it in the control room. Obviously, oh. uh, Kate and Ponkin had it in the graffiti room. So again, you're starting to see where messages are coming through different. And actually, it would have been better to have that in the graffiti room. Because but I think that sets the reason what you're going to have in the control room. Yeah, but True. the reason Kat and I had that in the graffiti room was because people like you, who were first in line, were at that point in the console room waiting for us to catch up with them. Anyway, we're, we're still in room one. I want to hear about which aliens you interacted with, which plot lines you went down. Okay. Uh, did well, you meet I, any there, foes? There was one big thing in the in the control in, in the control room. Oh. And I, because sometimes you are literally stood in the right place at the right time. Brendan and I had a time quake. We all in the room had a time quake. And the screens all changed and we saw Daleks were attacking the, the unit base that we were in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had into the room, into the control room, literally right behind where I am standing, um, a huge prop Dalek. Um, yes, we had Daleks come in right, as well. Yeah, yeah. It's basically and what like, chased us down the time, uh, time uh, fracture. fracture. Uh, ah, they didn't chase us through the time fracture. So, but... This was the bit I know that I chose well for my husband because we you're told to hold on to something metal when the time fracture happened. Mm -hmm. So and they told us to get down. So we were kneeling we were kneeling down and Dalek comes through right behind me and Brendan puts his arm around me to protect me and shield oh, me from the Dalek. Which is lovely. He's a keeper. Oh yeah. <laughs> um and so we had that and then you get the quote Terran sticks the wheezing, groaning noise and the control room just completely changes into yes. the TARDIS console room yeah. as the TARDIS materialises around all of you to protect you. Did you also get goosebumps when that happened? Yes, absolutely. Holy moly. We were in the TARDIS-ish. Yep. Uh, the TARDIS basically materialises around you to protect you from the Daleks. The Daleks leave. You get a scene with both the 13th and the 1st doctors on the screen i believe oh yes maybe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you have david bradley who played that's right. uh, the first doctor in um an adventure uh, in space latest, and time uh, adventure in space and time and, and the two doctors twice upon a time oh twice upon a time damn it yes yeah two doc two doctors was colin baker <laughs> oh i apologize um, uh, but <laughs> but you, you um you had him there doing his absolutely amazing impression of the first Doctor. And you had, uh, obviously, Jodie Whittaker being the 13th. Yeah. It's odd, right? And I'm absolutely convinced that they were right to put Capaldi and Bradley together and not Whittaker. 
and Bradley because they are so tonally different as it, characters. It, do you like the 13th Doctor? Um, yeah, I do. Okay. There are flaws, but you, there are flaws in all the Doctors in some way sure. or another. But, you know, we could, you know, have an entire episode on Colin Baker's actual flaws. I have were, watched zero Colin no, Baker, so I can't no, comment on that, I'm afraid. That were fixed in the audiobooks, right, by so much. But... The problem is that narratively, she's too nice for something like this. I agree. I completely. She is too nice for the. Oh, we're, we're stepping into the potential so, uh, third or fourth act of us, this let's bonus let's, episode. Let's, let's move on. Let's just move on because. We're, oh. of, 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 so eventually, you get shoved down the time fractures. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Through the time tunnel into basically what is an amalgamation of worlds. You have. The Kablam Man from Kablam, you have... Foreman's Scrapyard, there's the Pig Man. You have Valhalla from the Sisterhood of Khan. You have people that then gather you up and take you places. Okay, I I got a question for you. I got a question for you. There was a... In that room, there was a dude, like a Wild West kind of he he was kind of the serenity wild west space cowboy wild west space cowboy and as in like he had guns or like sorry he had uh, holsters and i think he was wearing leather chaps he was wearing a cowboy hat he was standing right by the bar for us and we interacted with that guy along with two women whom we didn't know at this point we'd been separated from the rest of the group and there was like a standoff kind of challenge he was like oh yeah so just like take uh you're gonna have a duel against each other stand back to back take three steps forward i'll count them out and then when i go to, uh, get to three turn around and go kapow and uh, the first one to say kapow wins and we did like this duel and to me that had nothing to do with doctor who and that character i don't think is a doctor who character um okay so i didn't even see that and this is what we're going back to that you know you have different experiences because yeah. we got gathered up by someone a lovely person cosplaying as the fifth doctor they were amazing beyond all belief their level of enthusiasm for reference it's the person who's on the screen now holy um, shit bananas i was- just realized something else as well we did not end up in that room then that was later for us we ended up in a totally different room when we and entered the time fracture so I didn't see that gun person. It could be the gunslinger from Town of Mercy. It could be John Riddle from Dinosaurs on the Spaceship. Hell, it could be someone from the William Hartnell episode, The Gunfighters. Uh, Maybe. I'm at a loss. loss. That wasn't a Doctor Who thing. But but also, like, I mean, we didn't end up in that room. When we went through the time fracture, we ended up meeting sort of Tennant, a chap who was dressed as David Ah, Tennant's doctor. we, We met him later. Oh. Um, and, and he was so much fun. He really he was, was hilarious. He was fantastic. What were we asked to do? At okay, so when we met him, he asked us to go into a room and commune with someone who might seem like an enemy, but we had to kind of cooperate with them for the good of the kind of cause or whatever. Yeah. And I nearly, uh, <laughs> what's the word? But I got a shock when who should swing around the corner in their motorized vehicle but Davros. Davros? Did you meet Davros? Oh, dear God, yes. So. Oh, yes. This was to clarify. Cat was volunteered, but like you had a proper conversation with Davros. I had to basically converse with Davros. He chose me. Yeah, and And you got a bracelet. You got a time bracelet. Yes, he gave me a time bracelet. A a Dalek time controller. That's right. Exactly. Um, And uh, if you want to get technical, I also conversed with Davros. Ooh. 
Ooh, okay. Because because I was with the kid, I was going to let the kid do it, but the kid didn't want to talk to Davros quite reasonably, I thought. For obvious um, reasons. Scary and, as shit. And so I had to make a deal with Davros, um, and I was quite happy selling out the entire duty of human race I did for same. a time destruction. <laughs> oh, we are so aligned. Um, Can and, I just say, but, not not really knowing, um, I do I have I do know who Davros is. I've seen that character. I just knew who it was, but the costume, the kind of motorized, I guess, yeah, chair the, that he's in, yeah, the, the way he was acting was amazing. Like not even being a big Doctor Who fan, I was like, this is super realistic, crazy good, it, right? Right. Whoever was playing them could get a part in the TV show playing Davros. Absolutely, that is not an exaggeration. I was literally standing face to face. With him, the prosthetics were amazing. Yep. The acting was amazing. The props the were fantastic. Scene was brilliant. He had some sort of scanning device beside him, and and someone else in our group was asked to step inside of it at one point, ah. and she was scanned, and it looked yeah, incredible. So that prop he had there was actually from oh, I can't remember the name of the episode. I'm having one of those moments. Um, Which is familiar. It was uh, the Witch is familiar. Yes, and I got one. <laughs> Yeah, you did. Because um, oh, I was going to say Magician's Apprentice. I couldn't remember the second half. Uh, it was it was the one that sucked his regeneration energy out of. Yes, in, yes, you're in, right. Which is familiar. And it was really great. Yeah. I'm saying how really great it was because then we went to go and talk to Ohala. Ohala is one of the Sisterhood of Khan. She's yeah. the one that was oh, we there didn't when, talk to her. Uh, when McGann uh, regenerated into the War Doctor. Her acting, amazing, right? The props in there, in in her little tent of death, were less so. They reminded me of 1990s Crystal Maze, but okay. Then a Cyberman turned up, shooting people. Oh, yeah, we saw some Cybermen. There were lots of other things happening in that room before the Cybermen showed up for us, but yeah. Off in the distance, we didn't interact with at all, but I know a load of groups did was uh, Shakespeare and Queen Elizabeth. Yes, we yeah. saw Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, we didn't interact with them either. We really, Before we pressed record, before we, we called you, we were saying like, holy moly, please, please, please let JD have spoken with Liz one. <laughs> and there were rooms behind Elizabeth that other groups were coming out of that I never went mm-hmm. into. Yeah, so when we arrived, side... when we arrived where Tennant was, he sent a couple, the first people to be sent anywhere uh, before we were sent somewhere, was a couple sent into the Italian Renaissance, I want to say. Mm. And they were they just sort of peeked in and he was like, uh, well, go in there. Oh, go on, I guess, like the, the Renaissance Italy, but don't worry, I'm not interested at all. He's like really snarky about it. I loved him. He was fantastic. <laughs> the, again, the acting is amazing. Um, and then the Cyberman basically chased us off into the intermission. Yeah, same. Yes, we had that. So, yeah, but we had a lot of other stuff in between. Yeah. So... Have we talked about the room? Where, we've talked about the room where you're going where there's a little bar, not the intermission bar, but the like a little yeah, sort of cocktail room, joint yeah. kind of thing. And there's that, um, not a river, a, a kind of canal, like a, a stream that we all had to focus yeah, on. Yeah, we had like, like a, a seance around it. That, that's with Ohala. Did you do, do Ohila or whatever no, her name is? No, uh, Ohala. And we, we didn't take part in the seance. We arrived as the seance was ending. Uh, mm. While the seance was going on for our set of groups, I was basically making a deal with Davros to destroy the universe. Right, so, okay. So we have um, very different experiences. It's, mm. go for it. 
No, no. That, after we'd walked through there, that's when we came across Brolsey. Brolsey. Did you interact with Brolsey, JD? The pig man. Ah, the pig man. No, we did not talk at all to Brolsey. And he looked amazing. We he asked was him. amazing. He was hilarious. He was a fantastic <laughs> actor. Truly fantastic actor. Like, I don't, I don't know who he is from Doctor Who, but Brolsey was an amazing actor, just yeah. full stop. He basically wanted to speak to us. He wanted us to help him. He was like, I think I'm going to get into some difficulties in a little while and I need you to have my back and, and you know, help me out, etc., etc." And we were like, yeah, okay. Meanwhile, other groups were coming up to him asking him for stuff because he kind of ran some kind of junkyard stall. So people were coming to him asking for things. People were going into different rooms and we were having this chat with him and it was yeah. super fun. I, it, so there for, was... for, for those Doctor Who fans, uh, the it is uh, basically a a pig slave from uh, Dalek in Manhattan evolution. Um, oh my evolution god! One to... of the best double features of New Who there ever was. And uh, the again, it's a dumpster uh, fire. It's an it, actual it's, dumpster fire. It's, it's amazingly it's bad. It's so shit. It, it's, it's terrible, right? Brolsey, right? I didn't know. Brolsey was incredible. I love that. Was guy. amazing, right? Yes, uh, it, you know. <laughs> Instantly, he, he you know he's redeemed Daleks in Manhattan from basically a zero to a zero point one on his own by um, existing um, ten years later. Yeah. So we had this interaction with him, and he and 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 then he said to us something like, "Oh, you know, make sure you look out for me or, or whatever." There was kind of a gunfight, maybe a female doctor and uh, someone else. There was oh Brolsey and, and that female doctor. It wasn't had a female a... doctor. It was a it was a female time lord. Sorry, female time lord, time uh, lord, or time lady, or Gallifreyan, yeah. uh, what have you, who was on some sort of submission, which we found out late. Oh, sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, over it. I don't know. There was like a massive, I know, and we found out later as well. We didn't find out in the first half. Ohala asked us about it, and we just oh. didn't know at all about this assassination plot which was going on. And by the assassination, I mean assassination of the universe. Uh, wait, hang on, wait, wait, wait. So I've got a prop here. Oh, No, no, the prop comes a bit later because oh, yeah. <laughs> while we were interacting with Brolsey, he told us about a woman, yes. or, a, or maybe a woman is the wrong word, a, a creature, a, a, some a, sort of a, a blue singer lady. Blue singer lady, who ah. he was in love with. Her name was and, Celeste Amoria. Yes, and would yes. we mind taking a love message a love letter from him a love poem from him could we carry that and if we were to come across her please could we give it to her and because he was so engaging and charming despite looking like a weeping pig um (laughs) we said yeah we'll do that so he's he wrote a love poem in front of us and gave it to us to carry as a message at this stage we had no idea who this this person this blue person was where they were who they were but we agreed to undertake the mission yeah you mentioned before that cybermen showed up and chased you out of that room we didn't see where they arrived from but we saw something that may have led to that so while we were chatting with him, another group showed up with bits of a key, like some sort of circuitry. They had one piece of the circuitry. Brolsey had another piece and they bartered with him to get that piece and they added them to a door. So we missed a whole adventure where they obtained that first part of the circuitry. They added that to a door right next to us. They opened that door thanks to the completed circuitry. And presumably on the other side of that room was like a Cyberman 
uh, camp. Yeah, exactly. Either some sort of encampment, or maybe they were uh, frozen or what have you. Like the Tomb of the Cybermen, that sort of situation. And from that exact same room is where the Cybermen later on emerged. Oh, right. No, didn't see any of that. But I think that sugs lovely onto the intermission. Um, okay, yeah, go for it. I, I, I didn't meet Celeste until we arrived on the spaceship. Same. Same, The yeah. spaceship is the bar. I think it's a ZZ1, something like that. Oh, goodness, um, who knows? ZZ1? Uh, that that rings bells. Does that ring bells? Okay, yeah. yeah. Spaceship, which uh, basically uh, we hijacked to take us to Gallifrey, because basically the plot line is that these time fractures, there is a Gallifreyan agent who is trying to get a time destructor together to cause the Time Lords to ascend in the same way as they did in the end of time, which would destroy the entire universe and ascend them to apotheosis. Yeah, anyway. They, everything <laughs> dies except for them, they regenerate. Yeah. yeah. So we went onto a spaceship. The spaceship was the bar, the cocktails were amazing, we sat down, and then there were the singers. The singers were mm-hmm. the blue lady, mm-hmm. Celeste More, who I flirted with, um, and... Um, <laughs> Uh, promised that when her new album came out on Astral iTunes, that I would definitely buy it. Tease. Um, oh, I know. Um, uh, luckily, we were everything. the first group to go into the next section. I interact with the actors. Anyway, <laughs> there was also a Silurian singing, right? And yeah. the makeup. Holy moly, the Silurian makeup. The, the lizard lady. Yeah. And their voices was, were it, amazing. It yes, was they were, right? astonishing makeup, astonishing voices, even more astonishing. The two things happened at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Because it cannot be easy to sing in full Silurian makeup. I don't know what songs she did for you, but she was singing to Creep when we were yes, there. Yes, we had that. Nice, yeah, yeah. And honestly, she was phenomenal. Agreed. Absolutely hats off. So the blue singer, we gave her Brolz's love letter and she was really touched. Yes, she was. Quite impressed. And she uh, <laughs> wrote back to him and asked us to take the response, the RSVP, back to him should we encounter encounter him on our way. Yeah. Of course, at this stage, we didn't know where we were going and who we were going to meet. So we agreed to do so and got her love response, love note response. Yeah. Unfortunately, we never met him, so we never handed it over. But actually, you know what? Fortunately, we didn't because I'm now holding it in my hand. Ta-da! That is her card, Celeste Amoria, and Brilliant. she wrote, uh, "Brolzy, if what you say is true, my heart will go to you, Celeste Amoria." Brilliant! Oh, lovely! <laughs> That's a lovely thing to get out of it. Wait, wait, um, when did we see the the angels? I, I feel like we've skipped the angels. Have no, we? Is we that have later? Not when we got so, off the ship. Oh, it's when you leave the ship. And this is the advantage of always saying yes. So let me just spend 30 seconds on improv, right? There is one rule in improv, which is always say yes and, right? So if someone says, are you brave? The answer is yes. You know, would you like to come and do this? The answer is yes. And this goes for interactive theatre. You will get the most fun if you just always say yes. So they said, who's feeling brave? And I went, yes. (laughs) <laughs> when we went into the angels and she said okay well you can send her the back then and i thought oh okay you, you put it you, you're putting someone at the back who said that they were brave because you didn't expect people to put their hands up and say anything which was my mistake oh interesting we were at the front we were oh god <laughs> i was at the i was at the back with brendan oh my and god all right you are in a dark room and you're taken through this tunnels, fractures in, in the uh, world. With mannequins in there. With creepy Auton things. So here's where exactly. I thought, right? Yes, 
exactly. I thought the mannequins were going to come to life because they were all. That's exactly what I said when we came out of there. I was like, oh my god, I thought that was going to be an Auton tunnel. So I'm getting really squeaky because it was exciting. Uh, It's something at least a thousand times worse. So this is when the Weeping Angels appears. Yeah. Oh. And their timing, again, I have nothing but absolute amazing respect for every single actor in this. No matter whether they were in prosthetics, whether they were singing on the stage or in a Weeping Angel costume and you can't see them. Because their movement synced so much with the flickering of the light, it was, I never, ever saw them move when the light was on. No, nor I. At all. And literally, one of them was right up next to me when a light came on. Yeah, that's that's super creepy. Oh <laughs> no, you just grabbed I grabbed Brendan's hand, and I literally, and then we ran because we were told to. Right, mm. that was phenomenal. Agreed. Nothing more to say. Yeah. I mean, we were at the front, but that corridor when the Weeping Angels appeared, you could feel the kind of tension and the, the fear. I mean, yeah, you were like, oh, oh <laughs> we need to get out of here. <laughs> Quite quickly, because there are weeping angels descending upon us, and we know that you know they will be after us if we blink. I think, or they we can't. They, they, they can't move if you, if, you, if yeah. anything is uh, looking at them. Yeah. So yeah, you definitely felt that tension and that kind of um, yeah, the emotions were high. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can't and... really remember in what order the things happened. Like, what happened next? Ah. Uh. No, no, no. Oh, sorry, Kath, go on. No, no, that's when we went in and we were in that kind of National Portrait Gallery. Oh, and, yes, you're right. We the, went there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lady knew my name. This but is I'm incredible. I'm really interested yeah. to know if JD had the same because he also got given the time bracelet. Oh, yeah. So, no, I don't think I said my name's Davros. So they didn't know my name. Ah. Ah. But I did give the bracelet over. Uh, so we are in the portrait gallery where... The curator. Uh, obviously... The curator lives, and we were the, the roundels on the me. wall, and then there is Gallifrey Falls No More, the painting, um, which the doctor or the doctor actor of, of this um, came through. Which, which um, doctor actor did you have in that scene? Uh, for us, it was Pertwee. Oh, do you know what? I couldn't tell you. It looked like a Troughton to me. Oh, interesting. I was definitely was we wearing a, a velvet jacket. Yeah. yeah, she was wearing a velvet jacket and a frilly white shirt underneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a different person. And then from there, we go to Act 3. Yeah, sure. Gallifrey. That's where we were in the um, the kind of Colosseum. Yes, exactly. Uh, arena, the arena. The uh, Panopticon. Panopticon, yeah. This is right out of Deadly Assassin, right? This uh, is yes, literally- it is. And, and also, great episode, by the way, another Tom Baker classic serial. This is where... I had a, an an ethical dilemma, <laughs> oh, which followed me through. Oh my goodness! Were we? I so this is one of two single bullet points that were like, oh, questions to ask JD about <laughs> the things that might not come up organically. But like, uh, which group, which encampment, which 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 camp were you right. uh, arranged so in? We we came in first, right? Yeah, we were literally so did we, the first people into this room. So we got taken to uh, the Pridonians, which was being run by former Lady President Romana Advotralundra. Okay. Um, so the person playing Romana was brilliant, right? That's very so, cool. Oh, we did not meet Romana. 
Who do you go with? I don't think we ever find out the name of the time lady who ferried us in, but she she started going like, oh, so so we are obviously this is also another one of those like, oh, let's see how many in this group maybe watch the show or like watch classic whatever. Like she was like, oh, so we're here in support of the the very first time lord, someone who was a a, a really I... great leader. Uh, can anyone think of like he he has a seal? Uh, what, what, does anyone know his name? And it's like, oh, it's Rassilon. It's like, yes, it's Rassilon. So whenever I say yes or whatever, then you chant Rassilon, Rassilon. And of course, not knowing who that was, I was like, I'll do as they say, Rassilon, <laughs> Rassilon. And I could see right. Leon beside me quite quiet. And I was, yeah, like, I was like, is everything okay? Yes, um, what, if, what if this lady had gone like, so when I say yes, this? you chant Hitler. When I say yes, like, <laughs> yes Hitler. Oh. Like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't, I don't feel okay doing this. <laughs> I didn't. So let me explain, and you will you will see exactly what I can. I, I'm sorry, Brendan's not here, but Cat and Brendan should be on that side of the room tonight. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we got filed into the Pridonian chapter, which is obviously the Doctor's chapter. Romana, who it was obviously I was explaining to Brendan was a former companion of the Doctor, and she said, "Will one of you be a spy?" Oh, yes. <laughs> said me, right? And? Be- because. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Yes. And what would you like me to do? Which was exactly what I said. She said, right, over there are the House of Omega. Yeah, that was us. Right? Right? Which was you. Would you like to go over there and spy on them? Find out what they're going to do and then make a choice. You can stay with the House of Omega or you can return over to us. And and okay, says says me, because of course, yes, and. So we go over. You know, the lady who was in charge of the Omega chapter, the House of Omega, was basically going, yes, I know, Romana talks very loudly. We know exactly why you are here. So, but I'm sure my words will sway you to our side. And then, uh, you know, does a spiel about Omega... And I'm explaining to uh, I'm trying to explain to Brendan I failed miserably. Omega's the bad guy. Wait, so did you and Brendan go over to that side? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> she picked me, but obviously the person I was with got dragged Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off. Sure, sure. Um, and no wonder the bad guys win. Right. And, tons um, of votes. and so she was saying, Yeah, do we want to fight? Fight for Gallifrey. Do we want to, you know, fight for the right to survive in this universe? And Brendan was going, Yes! <laughs> And I'm going, no. So she eventually says, do you wish to stay here or do you wish to return to Romana? Right? And I'm I'm ready to talk, right? Because it's me. And Brendan goes, oh, we should stay here. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just looking at him. Like, okay, you haven't seen Three Doctors, right? You haven't seen Ark of Infinity. Be gone, husband. But <laughs> I... Um, um, so I do what I do, and I explained to the leader of the House of Omega that no, it is not right that her house wins. Such a noble lady as Romana surely has the fate of the universe in her hands, not the small-minded, petty squabblings of a Time Lord house. And then walked off back to Romana. Oh, you should really try acting at some point, by the way. Like, uh, if you, had, if you <laughs> hadn't considered that at any point, give it, give it a thought. You know, last time we talked, I, I, I showed you all the pictures from being on stage doing music. Yeah, this is why I'm saying it. <laughs> He's a trained yeah. actor. I know. <laughs> but anyway, I head back over to Romana's, and this is where we are. We are on Gallifrey. We have four different houses, and 
literally, it might as well be um, the invasion of time meets the deadly assassin because all four houses are just squabbling with each other. It's literally yeah. the invasion of time and the deadly assassin. And we get to the denouement of the plot. Yeah. Um, the four houses basically argue about whether they should resurrect Razalon. Yes. Razalon. Razalon. <laughs> No, no. So yes, we go like this. And literally, it li we are literally all taking part in the invasion of time right now. Eventually, they resurrect Rassilon. Okay? Yeah, I thought he was good, um, by the way. And I believe it's Rassilon played by my friend's friend. That was, um, oh, that's uh, the person you knew! Yeah. Right, cool. okay, uh, very cool. I, I don't know him, but I think from the pictures I saw on Facebook after I Facebook stalked him to see who it was, that it was, it, it was Rassilon he was playing. So... Love the um, outfit, love the gauntlet, loved everything about that. Phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, 100%. Even the person who was playing Romana could have been another regeneration of Romana. It would not surprise me, the tone of her voice, the way she was. But they argued for like 15 minutes, right? Yeah. And if mm -hmm. you have seen those sort of Tom Baker Time Lord episodes where they're basically just politicians in a large Senate, so Invasion of Time especially, then Deadly Assassin to a slightly lesser degree, you know that that was a fair representation of what they were like uh, in the Tom Baker era. Then uh, Romana uses the Time Destructor, the, the bracelet yep. that we brought, the mm -hmm. Time Controller, to basically bring the Daleks through a space-time portal into the Panopticon of Gallifrey and shoot Razalon. Yay, the good guys win, but in this case, the good guys are the Daleks, so I'm a bit conflicted. And then we get a montage. Yes, Just here before we, go. we do the oh, montage, yeah. the, the only thing I will say, as someone who's not watched two, that Panopticon bit was the only bit I didn't really... I was happy to chant, Razalon! But see, I, I think you got more from that if you knew the stories. That's, Which is fair enough, yeah. because it's designed for Dot Two fans. It's not designed for just people off the street. But yeah, I've struggled to really get... What was going on with that? I loved sure. it because I was moving between Romanas and Omegas and I, you know, and, and I'd seen those episodes. But I can very, very easily see, and bear in mind, this was a complaint which a lot of Doctor Who fans have about, you know, the Time Lords in those sort of Tom Baker-esque stories, which is they're basically politicians that sit around arguing for, you know, yeah. a, a two-hour episode. This was basically politicians sitting around arguing for 15 minutes. It was an absolute 100% recreation of Tom Baker's Time Lords. It was I good loved as it. fuck. It, to me, the... <laughs> I didn't find it dull. I just didn't know what it meant uh, as such. I quite liked it. it. To me, the the Gallifrey or the Time Lords, rather, as they are arguing in the Panopticon, that's meant it's to time be. Lords. It's, exactly it, it's, it's meant to be sort of like the Roman Senate. You know, it, it's just a bunch yeah. of uh, uh, really dusty old dudes throwing rhetoric at each other. Here is my one point off the plot when I said it oh. was a 9 out of 10, right? Okay. And it, is for, it is for this bit, right? It's not when you have the resurrection of Rassilon and then, you know, uh, TARDIS materialization noises, David Bradley, Daleks. No, right? It is the 15 minutes of arguing because they were the worst bits of the Tom Baker Time Lords. They were the bits where the people who didn't like Doctor Who that were in the audience, which I figure out was at least half, mm. would be bored to fucking death. And I, I, you know, I've said that the plot up until this bit, while chaotic in some places and while, mm, I don't know what's going on here, it was never dull. Mm. Not a single no, dull true. thing. This bit went on for too long. 
Were you bored of that I, one? I wasn't bored of such, but I, I didn't. So not knowing the stories of, Do- you know, the, the, the ins and outs, the history of Doctor Who, everything else, despite not being a Who fan, I still enjoyed it. So I still enjoyed talking to Brolsey. I still enjoyed the various, the, the, the Weeping Angels, you know, even not really knowing about that storyline, etc. I still really enjoyed it as a just a piece of interactive theatre. That was the only thing where I was like, gosh, if I knew what was actually the storyline was, I could really get into this. But because I don't, yeah, I'm less engaged, yeah, I guess. So it was similar to what you're saying, it was less engaging for a non-Who fan. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I'm sorry that you, you no, didn't no, find no. it like 100%. it was still fun but yeah, yeah i still like cheering i mean even as a doctor who fan i i think i would i don't want to take off any point of this because i i, I no, no. I more than a hundred percent to this like I, I might i loved it but a teeny tiny bit of not criticism just an observation is that when you get to that final scene it's already like y- you are not in a position to affect the results like they've clearly set up an ending and it doesn't matter who chants what. Like at that point, you're basically watching a play rather than mm. interacting and affecting the plot. I think that's the thing. At that stage, you're watching a play, you're not interacting. And so if you don't know, it's it's a bit like when you go to see a Shakespeare play, unless you've read some Wikipedia notes beforehand, it's quite hard to know what's going on. And this, it was exactly the same. Like you're watching something, you don't really know what's going yeah, on. It, it's unless less of a choose a your adventure. Yeah. Like imagine you're yeah. going to the Globe and you're watching Romeo and Juliet and then like enough people in the crowd chant, don't drink that. That's yeah. he's not dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. I, I, and I think that, that that's absolutely a brilliant, brilliant description of what this fifteen minutes was. You know, I got to go and talk to the House of Omega and then come back to Romanus, which made me feel. And I think, from looking around, I was the only one that seemingly got moved between places. So yeah. I, I count myself incredibly lucky there, and I got to do, you know, a speech to the leader of the House of Omega. So interactive theatre, as we've been, you know, talking yeah, yeah, about all exactly. Long. And then I know you have wanted to talk about the montage. Yes, please. Oh, you, you, I know you, that you, you want to talk you, about the montage as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you start. The montage, for anyone who hasn't gone to this, but for some reason still is keen on spoilers, it's a montage of every Doctor up until now, plus River Song, plus, I believe, Doc- Captain Jack. No. Oh, sorry, no. yes. The uh, other Joe Doctor. Or... Uh, the, 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 the Joe Martin Doctor. The, um, yes. the fugitive, What's her name? Fugitive doctor. The Fugitive Doctor, played by Joe Martin. The Fugitive Doctor, thank you. Right. So, uh, and yeah, I believe Barrowman, also the War Barrowman, Doctor is there? Yeah, the War Doctor is there. Barrowman was erased from history. So because of John, uh, John Barrowman's current cancel culture problem, mm. where no one's talking to him anymore. Wait, uh, I didn't know there was a... He, yeah, has he been cancelled? So, What's going on? Yeah, so Noel Clark has been cancelled because... Yeah, I know of, that. Uh, Mickey, I can live without Mickey Ricky. Then basically John Barrowman was naked on set of Doctor Who a few times because he's John Barrowman, basically. If you cast John Barrowman, you have to expect that he's not going to wear claws. Yeah, but was he, but, was he being... But, but, no, 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 I don't believe so. And from the report, it's Barrowman being Barrowman. Whatever he's compensating for, he has a big dick and he wants to flaunt it. Yeah, and and also the I haven't read about this. I didn't he, know. He's, he's very much just a flamboyant gay man, right? Yeah. And in the theatre world, it is just like, yeah, it's it's Barrowman being Barrowman, right? 
Um, but anyway, J- John Barrowman was erased from Time Fracture, even though there are a lot of pictures of him recording all of his lines for the montage. Oh, sorry, when was this revelation? About he... six weeks ago. Yeah, very recent. So I'm. It was just after the Noel Clark stuff. Yeah. So I'm wondering if he was in the montage when we were there. Oh, maybe. Because I feel like we saw Captain Jack. Maybe we did. I can't remember. I'm afraid. So many doctors and things. Like yeah. That. No, you're right. You're right. I, I'm also now doubting myself. That might be sort of a fabricated memory in my in my cerebellum. But yeah. Anyway, so so we have this montage of all the doctors. Maybe, maybe not. Captain Jack, the fugitive doctor, the war doctor. Some of them are still images with voiceover. Some of them are Jodie Whittaker on video. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I have a little confusion here. Okay. So everyone came in to record their lines. Why is the only people on video David Bradley and Jodie Whittaker? Because, because it was a did. million percent not Capaldi voicing uh, the Twelfth Doctor. It was definitely not uh, Hurt voicing the War Doctor. It was absolutely not Eccleston voicing the Ninth. They were other voice actors. I'm assuming maybe there's like a licensing issue or something. I mean, it doesn't matter. It didn't take me out of it. I still loved it. No, no, no. And, but I would have thought that the people they did get in to record stuff, such as would have video. You know, Joe Martin, right? Yeah. Jo- Give us some Joe, video. Joe Martin in full costume yeah Mm. by the way as the fugitive doctor was incredible was absolutely marvelous and we know we know for from the same sort of set of pictures that alex kingston as river song came in to record her lines i wonder if but i wonder if river song had her own subplot though that we didn't say yeah yeah exactly neither of us maybe she was with liz one for example and we i mean look at her (laughs) outfit maybe she was in a historical setting yeah rather than at that final montage. But the montage was... Emotional. I enjoyed it, right? So here, for your delectation and delight, is a list of who was and who wasn't doing the voiceovers. Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Joe Martin, Jodie Whittaker. They all did it. All did their own voices, as did Barrowman, who wasn't there. Okay. There were voice actors doing 9, 10, 11, and 12. Yep, makes sense. You obviously also had Gemma Redgrave. You also had John Culshaw playing Brigadier Lethbridge. Famous impressionist. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, he he does the Brigadier in the Big Finish audiobooks. Uh, John, Can I just John say, Harley fantastic timing, because we just had his return in um, Yikes Caramba. What's it called? Yikes Caramba. It's the first of the um, Black Batman? Guardian trilogy. No. Oh, um, uh, Mordred Undead. So you had an awful lot of Big Finish talents there doing right. voices for the ones that couldn't be bothered turning up. Now, what does surprise me is Tennant not turning up because yeah. Tennant, will, Tennant will turn up even if you don't pay him, right? He'll turn sometimes, up anything. Sometimes he just turns up at my door and says hello and walks away, you know. <laughs> Good, lucky you. Right. Next time he does, give him my address. Was it- this a lockdown issue, do you think? <laughs> as in, yeah. Yeah. Is as he in, allowed to do that? No, as in, could people not travel to do the audio and they just it, have it, to... Oh, I see. I thought you were accusing Tennant of being a corona vector. <laughs> no, I mean, could people not travel to the studios where they were recording or... They, uh, that might know, be the case, corona, yeah. I don't know. But, but I mean, that, that's a good point. If Did you say that Davison even uh, uh, yeah, da- appeared? Baker, da- Baker, Davison, Baker and Silv... So Davison is Tannen's father-in-law. That's my point. In real life. In real life. So there's even a 
a family well, connection there. The other ones I obviously wanted to bring up was David Bradley, obviously taking on the first Doctor. For William Hartnell. Um, Tintor Law did Pertry, who, who he does in Big Finish, I think. Uh, but Michael Troughton mm. did Patrick Troughton's voice. That's lovely. And Michael they... Troughton, who also appeared in Midnight. Midnight, yes. Um, and... <laughs> uh, they, they, they literally the other person who will do anything and turn up even if you don't pay him. Nick Briggs, voice of the Daleks, oh, and the voice yeah, of the yeah. Cybermen. Because Nick Briggs he, is in everything. Yeah, he just, I, I, I think he's got blackmail material on nearly everyone because he's just everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the montage. He's like a kind-hearted Dominic Cummings. I was just about to say the Dominic <laughs> Cummings of uh, Doctor Who. <laughs> he knows where the bo- bodies are buried, and or they know where his bo- bodies are buried. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, God. But the thing is, Nick, Nick Briggs is such a nice man. You've just compared him to you basically no, Mussolini. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Nick, if you're listening. You ain't no uh, Cummings. Yeah, he'll, 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 he'll cut off my big finish supply. So Nick Briggs obviously is uh, is is the uh, main driving force behind Big Finish as well. Yeah, the montage was phenomenal. Even with the people who are obviously not the people. Again, we have too much of a tonal shift between the Bradley bits and the Whitaker bits. They chose two so diametrically opposed people to be on video. If they'd have broken it up a lot more with more Joe Martin, it needed more Joe Martin. Any Joe Martin. Everything needs more Joe Martin, right? Yeah. Um, uh, maybe Joe Martin for 14th Doctor, I'm just saying. Well, I'll come to that. Okay. <laughs> um, in, 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 in our little chat, probably after the end of this. But And then, obviously, you get shipped off to exit through the gift, the gift, the gift shop. Hmm. Um, and the gift and shop I was nice. Yeah, the gift yeah. shop was really nice. <sighs> there were some nice little characters and things you could buy. And yeah, they did. They, they did. I mean, they had lots of merch, didn't they? They did, yeah. And, and one of the things I will say is that, in case it's not clear, even though I think it probably is from the trailers and stuff, like, this is obviously in collaboration with or whatever with the BBC. So, oh, like, definitely. all of the props and the gifts and, and stuff is proper stuff, isn't it? It's not like somebody's, like, um, yeah, mocked up like... some stuff. It's like the proper Yeah, with a logo and costumes, an ironing board. Yeah, uh, the proper costumes the and the set, proper yeah. props and that kind of thing. And there are so many, even not being aficionado of Doctor Who, there are so many things in this experience. Like, what, JD, what was the things you showed that were like those Postman Pat men, plastic the postman? Ca- the Kablam Man. Yes. Yeah, just, but just stuff like that, like... And everywhere you look that you were saying to me, like, Leon, there was like, oh, you see that sign? That's from, like, episode yeah, that's the one. First or, episode. Yeah, yeah, the You see that and... uh, piece of those tools? They're from, like, the attention to detail as you looked around and the, oh. and the real stuff, like, not just some mock-up stuff, but the real, like, the Daleks were the real Daleks. Yeah. You know, like, all of the costumes were the real stuff. So it was properly authentic. And I bet you there are so many things that we didn't see either. So like, if we had had time, we could have like put Brawlsy aside and just examined what was on, what is currently on JD's green screen and what was in his stall. I bet yeah. you there were myriad things in there that all harken back to various episodes or serials of, of Who that we didn't even pick up on. Just They're just there for our subconscious. There are, there in are fact, so, even... so many Easter eggs. So yeah. many. Even exiting, like when we were done with the whole thing, between end of story and gift shop, there's the opportunity to go to the loo. <laughs> and while you went to the ladies, I was just like in that little vestibule outside of the, the conveniences. And the whole wall is just, it, it's a collage of 
photos of various old companions. There were tons of props around there. There were guns and, and alien doodars and doohickeys. And there was a K9 in that room. Yeah. Oh, my God. Podcast land, go to this thing, please. It's so good. Oh, I'm redlining you know, over think, here. I'm so excited. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's really important that, you know, that I had one point in which I thought people would be maybe slightly bored. That is wiped out by the one hour, 45 minutes that surrounds that. Agreed. You know, it, it is a two hour event. It is basically a, for at least half of it to choose your own adventure book. Mm. Like Cap did, you can choose to just chat to Brolsey because he sounds like that I really should have spent a load of time chatting to him because he sounds like great fun. He was great. Right? You can You'll go get one of these cards the, as well. If yeah, anyone in podcast land, land, by the way. Man, everyone. Absolutely, go. yeah. Anyone in podcast land listening to this, if you've gone to Time Fracture and you've experienced anything other than what we've talked about here, if you went down any other avenues, please write to us <laughs> like pop a comment on the website for this this uh, who back when I come you know how the internet works like pop a comment on this page maybe preface it with spoilers and and I'll, I'll make sure that it's it's properly highlighted for anyone visiting the website I'm super duper curious to find out what people experienced and I'm a, a million and seven percent going to do this again mm. in case anyone working for time fracture thinks that this is <laughs> taking anything away from it. Oh, no, don't write anything. No, you will have my money. Like, all of it. <laughs> it's yours. And to be fair, they will probably get mine again. You know, yeah. I, I think if the two get... of you went together, the universe would explode. Yeah, that's time cop logic. <laughs> same matter can't occupy the same space. Yeah. If you and I go in there, JD, <laughs> the time fracture will forever be. <laughs> For, you know, and, and, time yeah, will be fractured. And, and, you know, bear in mind that, Kat, you didn't have to see the first time Brendan and I met, uh, sorry, uh, Leon and I met. I had Brendan with me and poor Brendan. Um, yeah, why don't you and Leon go back together and Brendan and I will go out, go for some cocktail, <laughs> cocktails in uh, Soho or whatever and we'll meet you after. Can we join you for more cocktails afterwards? Yeah, yeah, okay, but go, Brendan I, and case, I will I'm, have I'm already totally had a couple of hours of cocktails. <laughs> because uh, much as I enjoyed it, and I would go back actually, but I do think that going with like fellow fans would be for both of you would be like super nice. I think so too. But but again, I also think more people, like a bigger group people, yeah. would be a good Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. It is vitally important that everyone knows that the people who are acting in this are acting their heart out. Yeah. It's hard to get across. Maybe we don't need to get across, but it's hard to get across like the connection like the fact that she knew my name you know like I, I know. they're it's, working it's so, so hard behind it's, the scenes yeah they're oh right i think um there is an awful lot of them but you know there's a a number of people that i really think did amazingly well but i wanted to get the name of them because i think it's fairly important and there are it's angus brown or paul eason they are the two people i believe from the cast list of this okay. who play Dav davros Oh, Ooh. Davros was amazing. Yeah, you know, and and for, I'm just looking down this as it. I also either, really like the Matt Smith Doctor equivalent. She was fantastic. Yeah, it was either Gareth Radcliffe or Maxwell Tyler who oh. played Brawls. Oh, right, yeah, mm. who was so hilarious. You know, the, yeah, 
yeah, unfortunately, all all of the people who play the doctors are all listed as Time Lord guides. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they don't want to spoil so it. Many. They don't want to spoil it. Yeah, so the only yeah. the only one I actually know was the one that guided us, who is Molly Walker, and again did an absolutely phenomenal job. Um, and and they all did. Yeah, all and did. I was just saying to Leon, like it, it, it fantastic acting, very enthusiastic, like super wanted you to have a great time. But there was also lots of like things you'd said at the start of the experience to one doctor they kind of knew what you'd spoken about an hour later or two hours later when you were meeting the doc- uh, somebody for the last time. Yeah. So they, like, behind the scenes, they're saying, oh, you see that, like, woman in the black top? She, you know, that, that they're, they're doing loads behind the scenes so that you feel really part of it, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. They were just remarkable. And I have to correct something I said earlier. I was mixing up two of the Pauls, uh, the, two of the Ps on this. So the person who I saw as Davros was uh, Paul Colin Thomas, and my mate's friend is Peter Carrington, who was one of the stage managers. Um, Peter, what a dude! So, so, so uh, you know, good up to Peter Carrington. But you know, Matt North is the company manager, and he just runs everything. They have put so much of their time, so much of their heart. It has to be heart because yeah. To be doing this for so long, to be that energised, they either have to be Doctor Who fans or someone sat them down in a rehearsal room and made them watch, you know, hundreds of episodes while they were preparing for this. That's true, yeah. Just go. Go and watch it. Go and take part (laughs) in it. But remember, if someone says to you, do you, the answer is yes. And... Oh, this has been absolutely spectacular. GD, thank you for this. Oh, what is that? Oh, what did you get? Is it our what program? Oh, no. It's, it's the program. So oh, we didn't get offered that. We didn't get that. Oh, we was didn't see that in the shop. shop. You buy it with money. Was it in the <laughs> gift shop? Yes. Oh. oh, it's fine. I'll get it the next time. Yeah, or we could I'll, go I'll to the gift shop. I'll get you one as well, if you like. No, oh, that would have been nice because it would have been helpful for this yeah. as well. Yeah, okay, that's true. Uh, next time. Next time, that's I'll get that. Next, next time. That's where my cast list is coming from. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, no, we didn't even see that. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, next time. <laughs> in our defense, we came out of there thinking, like, oh, wait, hang on. We've got re- uh, restaurant reservations <laughs> in 30 minutes. We got. <laughs> we need a skedaddle. Um, but uh, yeah, next time. Not, not to worry. I think anyone up for maximum, because I need to edit this, maximum 10 minutes about the new new Doctor speculations. I will try to keep to 10 minutes. (laughs) I I will make some more drinks. So, three new Doctors. Which one would you like to begin with? Right, to to clarify, we're doing a bonus segment for this bonus episode about the rumoured candidates to be cast as the 14th 14th Doctor. Michaela Cole, uh, Richard Ayardi, Ollie... Alexander. Alexander. I really only know two of them. Okay, so let's start off with probably the biggest name of the three, which is Richard Ayoade. Yeah. It, who, by the way, when we... Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping in straight away, but when we were speculating who's going to be the 13th Doctor and we were all nominating various actors who would be good as the Doctor, I mentioned Richard Ayoade. Uh, yeah, you know, Richard Ayoade is... So let, let, let's start by saying that we won't know who's going to be the next Doctor until the next Doctor is announced, which yeah. could be maybe in Very soon. Oh, six hours from now, possibly. There's Wait, a panel, why? What? Six no, hours? Why six hours pa- from now? There's a panel at uh, ComCon tomorrow 
which has Jodie Whittaker, Chris Chibnall, and a surprise special guest, which we Oh my we, we goodness. Oh, but, we're going to find out tomorrow? But, no, we, we could, but it's, uh, it, it's unlikely, right? But there is someone turning up to that, which they are refu- refusing to name. It's, is, <laughs> it's right? Captain Jack, and they are refusing to name him because he's been cancelled, apparently. Well, if it's, if it's Jack, that'll be a considerable problem, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Bing bong, Future Leon here. Nope, there has been no 14th Doctor announcement as such. The mystery guest at the time was Jacob Basil Anderson of uh, Grey Worm in Game of Thrones fame, who uh, you may already have seen the trailer for the next season of Doctor Who already. He will be appearing in it. It's very exciting. Cool. Given that we don't yet know who the 14th Doctor is going to be, we might have yet another bonus episode about that, sort of a proper one. Proper in the sense that it might be an episode dedicated solely to that conversation. Um, but we'll see. Stay tuned for that. Okay, back to the show. Bing bong. So let's start off with Richard Ayoade. Okay, Now, sure. he is a very funny man, right? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the comedians he's worked with, I hate with a passion. I don't like Noel Fielding. I don't like Julian Barrett. I don't like uh, Matt Berry, right? I, um, uh, oh, can I, can I just jump in with my opinions there? I like Matt Berry's work in a few contexts. Like, I, I enjoy uh, Garth Marenghi, for example. Uh... Okay, uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark, Dark Place is the only thing I've ever liked him in, right? Okay. Uh, I, that's the only thing. I don't like him in Toast of London. I don't like him in anything like that. But Richard Ayoade yeah. is funny. It, but on top genuine, of that... He's genuinely funny, as in he's not a t- he, he's not trying, right? I yeah, have that's a feeling right. that this is his... This is just him, right? Yeah, that's just who he is. In addition to which, I would I would also add he he is possibly just legitimately brilliant. He is an incredibly intelligent individual. Yes, sharp as a whip. Holy smokes, his wit is remarkable, and it is thanks to that wit that he appears on all these talk shows. He's he's a panelist in tons of different things on on, on TV. He's he's great. However. I think as a person, he may be incredibly arrogant. Just from various clips, I don't know if I would necessarily get along with him. Uh, no, but, you know, that isn't a requirement for being good on television. No, that's right? true. That's true. And um, I, This is why I said I would very much enjoy watching him as the Doctor. Tom Baker is, out of all the Doctors, possibly the worst for that, right? Excuse me, I beg to differ. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure this is yeah, hubris before, and narcissism speaking. <laughs> That's probably true as well. But I feel like speaking as a fellow uh, <laughs> sort of in citation marks alcoholic, thank you very much for my martini, by the way, exactly as I say that, Can <laughs> I feel like Tom Baker and I would get along. And I feel like uh, he would get along with most fans of Doctor I, Who, whereas Richard Ayoade, he kind of alienates yeah, him I, I'm not a lot of people. Tom Baker now, right? Tom Baker now is just a million years old and has, you know, mellowed, right? Yeah. I think you're probably right. I think that he probably wouldn't be as personable as Tennant or sure. Jody. Okay, so what about the other um, actors, other candidates? Sorry to get us, so, I'm, I'm, I'm getting no, us no, back no, on track no, here. So Richard Iwadi, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then let's move to Ollie Alexander. Now, Ollie Alexander is about 10, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> 
Right. I wait. Like, hang on. That's not I, true. I, I, how I old was, is he? I, I was. I was in the sixth form when he was born. But how old is he? Well, he was born in 1990, so he's what? He's 32. But 31. Well, he's he will. He yeah. looks about 10. Right. He's 31. But but how old was Matt Smith when he was cast? Oh, that's a good question. He was, I think, younger. Exactly. Oli Alexander looks like he's about 10, but he is not unconventionally young for this role. No, and he has starred in some really good things. He was in a couple of episodes of Skins. He was in Penny Dreadful, which I really liked, but he's only really been in about four or five things in his working career. The most famous one being It's a Sin. I, that's, I was just about to say, like, what was that show that you mentioned right. before, Kelly? It's a Sin, but, yeah. But he was really good in it, right? And obviously It's a Sin was written, produced, directed, had the scene song sang by Russell T. Davis. Davis, right? Yeah. Russell T. Davis is obviously the godfather of Doctor Who, even though he doesn't do it anymore. Uh, you know, if he says something, people will listen because, you know. Yeah. If it weren't he, for him, we Russell wouldn't have a new Who. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And. But and Russell T Davis is a massive, massive, massive Doctor Who fan, right? Yeah. He's he's a huge fan. He's not going to say this person should be the next Doctor if they're shit, right? He so wouldn't. It, but hang on, is he a good actor? Uh, he was very good in it to sin. Okay, like, I, I actually I, can't I, remember him in Penny Dreadful. Okay, I I have additional questions. I mean, I I feel like this is a segue to the third candidate on the list, and also Jodie Whittaker, frankly, or how I felt about Jodie Whittaker when she was announced as the next Doctor, have you seen Ollie Alexander or any of these three actors displaying multiple different emotional states? Um, okay, so Richard Ayoade, I would describe his emotional state as manic. Yeah, I've never seen him be dramatic, um, for example. No, neither have I. Ollie Alexander, yeah, he went through a lot in It's a Sin, right? Okay. His character Richard Hoja in it does go through a lot, right? And I won't spoil it to say if you haven't watched it, it's hard, it's great, but it's hard, right? Is he also, uh, sorry to, to cut in there, is he also in It's a Sin or in anything else that you might have seen him in? Has he proven himself capable of being fun and quirky and yes. wibbly wobbly? Okay, yes. cool. That's great. So the reason I asked that is he, that the, he's the lead character in, in It's a Sin and he goes through an awful lot of emotions in it and, okay. and phases. That's incredibly promising in that case. That to me is a bonus aspect. The reason that I ask is that when it came to Jodie Whittaker, when Jodie Whittaker was announced, I was thrilled because I had seen her in Broadchurch and she was great in Broadchurch. But in Broadchurch, her character is incredibly and deliberately one note, just perpetually sad and dramatic. And that's understandable. I'm not going to give away why that is. You know, like watch the trailer and you'll understand why. But then she is cast in a, in a role where she is meant to be almost the polar opposite of that. And I don't fully buy it. So like having seen her in Broadchurch, I shouldn't have been as excited as I was at the time because I didn't know enough about her. I should have been excited to find out about a completely different person that I know nothing about rather than, oh, I'm super excited because that person from Broadchurch is going to be on Doctor Who. The, the same goes for Michaela Cole, who was incredible, absolutely incredible in I Will Destroy You, but that is the only thing I've seen her in. Um, I know she's a fantastic right. writer, but I don't know what she's like as an actor. So let's look at the two main roles that she's really been in, right? Yeah. She's done three lead roles. Okay. One was a drama, which I have not yet seen. Which one's that? Which is a law drama. 
called Black Earth Rising. Therefore, I will not comment on it. Okay? Sure. Because I can't. And I don't think that's right. She starred in a sitcom called Chewing Gum and the drama I, 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 I May Destroy You, which is what you've mentioned. Yeah. The fact that she's so, been in a sitcom successfully also is that bodes well, I feel like. Oh, Be- because yeah, the but, character of uh, the Doctor needs to be able to master both. Oh, sorry. The, the actor playing the character of the Doctor needs to be able to master both ends here. Like, be incredibly dramatic and incredibly funny. Okay. Here's where I disagree in this instance with you. Okay. I do a lot of live role playing. I play an awful lot of characters which I've written. So I know inside out and back to front, right? That doesn't yeah. qualify me to play the Doctor, okay? No, sure. Um, I would be very good at it. Thank you, Russell. Um, but <laughs> I... That's, uh, of course... Sorry, we've neglected to mention the fourth actor who is uh, rumoured to be cast be. as the 14th <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> so the problem with Chewing Gum, which is the sitcom, and I May Destroy You, which is the drama, uh-huh. yeah. they were both created and written by Michaela Cole. That's true. Yes, that's a very good point. Yes, right? that's a good point. Her two biggest roles were the ones that she wrote and created herself. Nice. This is where I have to temper myself. She was very good in I May Destroy You, no doubt. But that yeah. was a role she wrote, she created, she put herself into when she was writing it. Right? Yeah, and it it, is how is she going to be to able to interpret roles. someone else's character? So I would have to say that Michaela Cole would still have to be very much up in the air as to what my opinion would be. Now, bear in mind that I am unsure whether Michaela Cole will be in the running because of her filming schedule, because I don't know oh. what role she, I don't know what role she has because it has not been announced yet. But she is in Wakanda Forever, the second Black Panther movie for Marvel. What? Holy moly. Oh, yeah. Get some of that Marvel money. Right? So... (laughs) And then come back. Even if she's in a small role, even if she's in a small role, right? Uh, Depends when the filming is. Because, you know, if there's going to be a follow-up to Wakanda Forever, I can't imagine her moving from... If she has... If her role ends up being big on screen, can't see her moving back to do BBC One drama on a Saturday night. No, but there is something else as well, and that is that Doctor Who is... Uh, I'm, I mean, it's like receiving an OBE or something being cast as the Doctor. That, that is equivalent to being cast as James Bond, as I'm trying to think of something else. Like, I don't know, Luke Skywalker, young yeah. Luke Skywalker in the prequel, prequel trilogy or whatever. You know, you know it, it, it's it, an it, iconic it role. It's equivalent to James Bond, right? Yeah. There are only ever going to be a limited number of people who play it. You know, it's still really well rated, even though people say, oh, Oh no, the ratings the ratings have gone down 1.76% since last year. It's dead. Oh god, if I listen to that every Are you single thinking time of that Guardian happens. article very recently it's like, oh no, uh, Doctor Who should die a death. Yeah, well, I'm not even going to query that with a uh, a comment. Yeah, but I think this particular production team or this particular showrunner era of Doctor Who has also suffered more criticism than any prior one. Yeah, I'll spend 30 seconds on that after I go through the final person who has been rumoured to play... Okay, here we go. Joe Martin. Wait, really? So there's a lot of discussion as to whether Joe Martin isn't actually a three-heartnell Doctor and may in fact be the 14th. Now, oh, oh, please let that be the well, case so all, that we can all, put all, to rest all this. I can, all I can say oh. is I've got two opinions. Right. One, I don't care if she's a pre Hartnell doctor. I'm happy with that storyline. I am oh, one of about how dare doctor you. Who, oh, I am you one of about have four, do- four Doctor Who fans that is, right? But I actually thought, <laughs> oh, expanding the Doctor Who mythology. 
great. That's what we've been doing for 50 odd years. Okay. Yeah, but that was not okay. I I I agree with you on in principle. This is this is for an off air or a different bonus episode. But just to say, I agree with you in principle, but I don't think that was. I don't think it was done in the right way to go like, hey, um, that thing that you've been watching since 1963, all of that was a dream. Like we can't just Dallas Doctor Who. I don't like it. Yeah, but anyway, sorry on, to on be it, continued. Uh, yeah, but you, you do that. We did that in the War Games, uh, Stroke Spearhead from Space. We did that in The Deadly Assassin. We have done that a lot because the 13 regeneration rule didn't exist for a very long time, right? That's you, not my you, problem with it, by the way. You know, you have, you have, um, uh, Brain of Mobius with the Mobius doctors that appear on the yeah, screen. Yeah, we see the previous doctors, right? yeah, which, yeah. Which, which I mean, but that's not my problem with it. The, that's not my problem with it. My problem with it is that we're suddenly turned, we're, the Doctor is no longer Gallifreyan. Uh, she's slash. Uh, well, they they are a perfect, like, but... <laughs> the chosen one. Let's neo the Doctor. But I don't. I don't I, like that bit. I cannot blame Chris Chibnall for that. In fact, I have to blame Andrew Cartmel. So if who's that? Had... The right, writer. So and... No, Andrew Cartmel was, I think, the script editor in oh, right. uh, the last season of Classic Doctor Who. So he was the one. He was the one that came up with something called the Cartmel Master Plan, and that was a lot of the McCoy era was building up to it and never really happened. Um, and things like Curse of Fenric. Uh, I haven't seen that yet. The, the no remembrance and remember no no and remembrance of the Daleks. Right, and all of those were leading up to the fact that the Doctor is more than a Time Lord, much more than a Time Lord. He was then in the books in Lungbarrow and a lot of the books. He was meant to be the other, which was one of the uh, great leaders of Time Lord society. The level of almost godhood that Rassilon and Omega have. Right, but that's the thing. I don't want that to be the case. I want the Doctor to no, be uh, an every it's, person. It's not Chibnall, right? This is going back to 89, right? This is going back to a classic. All Chris Chibnall has done is basically gone into the bottom drawer, pulled out the Cartmel master plan and said, let's turn the dial to 11. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, well, okay. Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Dude, Joe Martin. It, it... Exactly. Let's go back to Joe Martin. Yeah, you've got... We, we <laughs> In five minutes, I'm pressing stop, whether we're done or not. Joe Martin. I, I need to yeah. edit this. Go for it. Joe Martin. Uh, no, sorry. That's the entire comment. Joe Martin. <laughs> of these now four actors... Joe Martin, Joe you... Martin, Joe Martin, Joe and Martin. Joe Martin. Joe Martin was incredible. She right. was absolutely I... wonderful as the Doctor. Her, her TARDIS was also uh, the optimal TARDIS. You, you watch... Um, Fugitive of the Jejun is probably the only Jodie Whittaker episode I have watched, then immediately rewatched. Immediately. I think same here, actually. It is a phenomenal episode. Yeah. Joe Martin, everything from her acting to her costume to the fact that she walked on the screen and was a better doctor than the doctor. Yep. Undoubtedly. There we go. Sorry, uh, Giddy, I'm just pulling up a screenshot of the 13th Doctor and Joe Martin. Look at that shirt! Oh! Uh, the pirate look, basically. Yeah, right? exactly. That jacket um, is incredible. Do you know what else... Oh, oh, thank you, Jess. Sorry, I forgot that you've got a green screen going. Do you know what else is great about Joe Martin's outfit? Sorry, I mean, this is not everything. to focus on Joe Martin's outfit. Joe Martin is incredible. But one of the best things about the outfit is that her trousers reach down to her fucking ankles. 
I hate the 13th Doctor's trousers. She looks like a child. No, the culottes don't work. Ugh. But, you know, the pirate look. She could reappear as a reoccurring guest star in every episode. I wouldn't get bored. Yep. Um, I imagine that her and Barrowman would be absolutely fucking amazing together. Oh um, my goodness, yes, you're right. They could have a coat um, off. They, they could have easily have a coat <laughs> off. And so many people can say that that failed in so many regeneration stories. Right? Okay, runner-up. Runner-up for you. Runner-up. Who's number two? Uh, runner-up would probably be Richard Iwadi. Oh, okay. it's, it's very close between Richard Iwadi and Alexander. Okay. I would put, oh, you're going to ask me to choose Joe Alexander first, second, third, and fourth, followed by Ollie Alexander, followed by Richard Iowadi, followed by Michaela Cole. <laughs> you hear, heard it here first, podcast land. <laughs> we have another season of Jodie Whittaker coming up. I, but that's because no TV show is perfect. Um, but unfortunately, it got rid of the single best character currently in it, which is Graham. Um, yep. And while I am very happy for them to have cast a Scouser, being from Liverpool myself, as the companion, because unfortunately, due to COVID, I couldn't do it. They did John Bishop, so they picked another John to, um, so they didn't have to change the monogram shirts. Um, of course. And... <laughs> Um, I, I I don't like John Bishop, but I've only ever seen him as a comedian, right? It is very possible he yep. could be very good as a dramatic actor because yep. Matt Lucas, I want to slap around the face an awful lot because I can't stand him, but he tried his, le- his little heart out as Nardole, still didn't like him very much. But the biggest one, the biggest one to compare him to would be the sainted Catherine Tate who walked onto the screen and every single person thought oh fuck what is she doing in my tv show and then she went on to be an absolute wonder as Donna Noble you didn't like it Julian I look forward to revising my opinion of Catherine Tate the next time I go go through all of New Who but yeah no I didn't really enjoy her as I see all the positives but I also unfortunately see a whole bunch of negatives that uh, not everyone sees that's fine the ghost of us Excuse me, okay. I'm just, I'm just, I just want to pull up something while, before we go anywhere to find uh-huh. out what, what you bloody well rated Turn Left as. Ah, you, you, you were so close to being good, right? But bear in mind, you rated one of my 5.0s as a 4.3, which for you is quite good because of Edge of Destruction, right? We know that. Right, yeah. You uh, rated... I, I probably regret my, the rating I gave Edge of Discretion. Yeah, you rated Turn Left as a 4.3, which means yeah. you liked it. Yeah, right? absolutely. And that is a Catherine Tate tour de force. Oh, absolutely. Catherine Tate is fantastic in it. If you want to watch it, we can watch it. No, I just love Catherine Tate. No, because I enjoy on, Catherine Tate. I'm not sure I enjoy the companion as she plays. I hate Catherine Tate in anything of the Doctor <laughs> until this point, right? Yeah, until this point, I'm a, and now I've I'm gone back. <laughs> yeah. I'm not bothered though, John. I'm not now... bothered. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not bothered. Say it like you don't like me, Doctor. I'm not bothered. <laughs> um. But now I go back and have a better appreciation for her now that I've seen her in Doctor Who. Uh, she doesn't irritate me anymore uh, because I hated Lauren. You know, that whole Am I Bothered stuff really just winds me up. But if, honestly, if you like Catherine Tate, if you are going to watch an episode of Doctor Who, I don't care what Leon says, you should watch Turn Left. The, the Doctor Wait, I, basically I'm saying not you should it. watch Turn Left. <laughs> watch right? it. Turn Left, yeah. stunning episode. Emotional, 
It is Catherine Tate acting at literally the best she has ever acted at in any. Absolutely. And then when you're done, watch Runaway Bride or that one with the uh, fat creatures. I can't remember what it's called. Little fats. Uh, liposuction. The, ad- the, the adipose. Adipose. What's that called? <sighs> no. No. <laughs> exactly. What's that? What is that called? What is that called, JD? Come on, double standards. What is that episode called? You know the episode. I, I do. It is her first one back. Partners in Crime or something Partners like that? In cri- Partners in Crime. Partners in yeah. Crime. Yeah, then watch that one and tell me. Feel free to send me an email and go, you know what? No. Yeah, no. no. She so, was not the most annoying character in that episode. The, the problem with Partners in Crime, right, and I've just pulled up the who, back, who Back When review of Partners in Crime, <laughs> and Drew, right, who I, I have disagreed with in some of your reviews, but mm-hmm. honestly, I tend to agree with him more than you these days, right? He, <laughs> he right, he rated mm-hmm. it as a four, and I yep. agree with him, right? What did I give it? You gave it a three, and you're wrong. <laughs> Fine, fair enough. Shut That's up. a lovely note to end on. <laughs> Oh yeah, which you about rated as a two point two whore bag. <laughs> rated it as a three point seven. Maria Jim rated oh, it as a I'm so glad 5. that we didn't end this episode before like... you called me a whore bag. <laughs> Did, was that could be the, the um, to watch these episodes? The advert. Yeah, the trailer for this trailer. episode. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to call it quits here. JD, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for returning to Who Back When. Kat, my heart is a gigantic smile right now. I'm so glad that you've joined uh, Who Back When for this little bonus episode. Yeah, did you have a nice time? One time only. I did. It was it's very enjoyable. Oh, good. Thank you. As, as someone who was here for, for 18 months with Leon doing this, you fitted in a lot more naturally than I felt when I started, right? You really did. Leon was always welcoming to me from day one. I was the one with nerves when I started doing this, but you have been an absolute delight to talk to this evening. So thank you. Stop. (laughs) Thank you so much. Don't. JD, are you up to anything fun that you want to point Podcast Land to? I am not. Um, I am uh, concentrating on my work. I am probably going to take part in a couple of Dungeons and Dragons (gasps) streams on Twitch, which uh, Uh... unfortunately I. I don't have the link to these uh, at the moment, but obviously, if people follow me on Twitter, which mm-hmm. is at Marius Kane, that is that's Kane with a K. With a K. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Follow me on Twitter, then you'll uh, see when I go live with uh, my Dungeons and Dragons play for the Forgotten Library on Twitch. Oh, you're fantastic. Can I just ask, what what is your character? Um, I will be, uh, so I'll be playing a paladin bodyguard. Oh, it, by the name of? Anders Blackwood. Anders Blackwood. Oh, Anders. that's not bad. The reason I ask is that uh, I recently joined a campaign in which I am a light foot halfling rogue by the name of Bartholomew Rockefeller III. And I have never heard a more Leon name in my life. And I never, <laughs> I, I, I never thought of you doing role-playing games. So I have learned much this evening. That's in the past lockdown two for you. <laughs> yeah, that is lockdown, yeah. <laughs> Kat, are you on Twitter or Insta Absolutely or something like not. that? No, I'm not. No, on you're not on the gram. I'm not on the gram. No, <laughs> I don't. Do you want people to follow you on Facebook you, or in do real you, life? Do you do, you do, do you do TikToks? No, I want people to follow me in real life. If people could congregate. <laughs> 
at Trafalgar Square on the uh, 31st of July at 1pm <laughs> and then follow my every move that I would be most grateful. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. People who uh, aren't following me on Twitter can uh, do so. Say hi. I will say hi right back. I can be found at Ponkin, P-O-N-K-E-N. P-O-N-K-E-N. Ponkin. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I've missed that. Both of you, thank you so much. This has been an absolutely lovely soiree. Podcast land, be right next to each other. Rock on and cha ciao Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> ciao. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome! High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it, we're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao. Who back when?